Did you know God loves you so much? As much as you think God loves you, He loves you more than that. As good as God is, He's better than that. As powerful as God is that you can think, He's more powerful than that. Amen? He's an awesome God. He's an amazing God. He's a powerful God. And now we're about to take His Word. And His Word, the Bible says, causes our faith to rise up. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we're about ready to get into the pleasure of God. We're about to be able to walk into the miracles of God. We're about to be ready to walk into the, super, in the supernatural zone or the miracle zone, if you could say that. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word today, Lord God. You've given each and every one of us a measure of faith, but now you said faith will grow. It will come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Lord, we take our faith ears out now to hear what you are saying. Not what a man is saying, but what you are saying. Lord God, we pray that our eyes would be open with faith eyes, that we would see not our circumstances and its limitations, but Lord God, we would see what your word says so we can move beyond our circumstances into your declared word. Lord God. Lord, we just pray that our eyes would see and our ears would hear and our tongue would begin to speak, Lord God, your word. And Lord God, that we could see the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth, we pray, as we study your word together in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak to you today on a message that the Lord keeps bringing me back to over and over. And I say, well, Lord, you know, I've dealt with that. I've looked at that from this angle and this angle. He said, he said, Tim, this is one of the most important messages that you will ever preach. This is one of the most important things, one of the dearest things to my heart. And I said, Lord, if it's the dearest thing to your heart, you've got my attention. Amen. So we want to be looking today on basically the subject matter, why do we worship? Why do we worship? We're going to be looking uh, quite a bit in the book of Revelation. You know, the last book in the Bible. And it's not Revelations, it's the Revelation. It's singular because it's not about all the revelations and uh, things that you uh, read about in the book of Revelation. But he tells us the main focus of the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So we don't want to water it down by looking at all the little revelations and calling it revelations. God says call it the revelation. It is revelation of Jesus Christ, His Son. Uh, so I want to talk to you today about what may be one of the most important and most valuable things to God. And because it's so important and valuable to God, He's made it also very valuable and important to us. And uh, it's so valuable that the very first war that was ever waged was fought over this subject matter. And uh, it was the very thing that God uses to bring Him and man together for we know that the fullness of joy that God brings to us comes in His presence. For in His presence there is fullness of joy. And that's the very reason Jesus Christ came. That's the very reason Jesus Christ shed His blood. That's the very reason Jesus allowed His body to be hung on the cross and crucified, buried in a tomb, and rose on the third day. Hallelujah. And that's the reason He's given us His Holy Spirit. And that's the reason He's coming back again for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about something that is so dear to the heart of God. That the whole book of Revelation basically concerns the importance of this subject and what God thinks about worship. So let's dig together in the book of Revelation in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 8 and following. So the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. So he's given us a picture of heaven here, what's going on. And they do not rest day or night, and they're saying, Holy, 
holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, the Bible says, who lives forever and ever, they would worship Him, they would give glory to Him, they would cast their thrones before the throne of God, and they would say, You're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by Your will they exist and were created." So in this picture of heaven, God is showing us where they're describing, uh, He's describing these angels that are worshiping God. Holy, holy, holy. And they're telling us why he, they're worshiping God. Because He sits on the throne. He's in charge. He lives forever. And, and He's created all things. And by Him all things were created. So they're saying, we recognize You're our Creator. We recognize the very life that we have comes from You. And we're ascribing glory. And we're ascribing honor. And we're ascribing praise to You. And, and let me tell you what, God is showing us that's what He has in heaven because that's very important to Him. And I want to share with you the importance of worship. Uh, I want to share with you the why and uh, that Satan has targeted it and that if we're not made aware of the battle that's going on here on this earth, then we will be distracted or we will uh, miss out on the opportunity to fulfill our God-given destiny here on this earth. As I said, there was a war. The very first war broke out in heaven. Now, wars are usually fought over very valuable things, whether it's land, whether it's position, whether it's uh, resources. The wars of all mankind have been fought over things that are, uh, they see or deem are valuable. Well, the first war that was ever waged was war, waged over the, one of the most valuable things to God that we'll ever know. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 and following, the Bible says there was a war that broke out in heaven. Now, that's hard for me to even imagine, but here's this war that broke out in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. And they did not prevail nor was their place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil, called Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So we see here, uh, from here and other texts in the Scripture, that there seems to be a trinity of a hierarchy of angels that God has set up. God is the Trinity God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, we see how God likes Trinity. And it looks like He has a Trinity set up of even these angels in heaven. We study about these three archangels, one being Gabriel, who was basically known as the messenger angel. He was always bringing a message of God uh, to a situation here on earth. Daniel chapter 8, it was Gabriel who came and helped him understand and interpret the vision that he had had and for him to get the message from heaven that God had for Daniel, for Daniel to write and share with us. It was in Luke chapter 1 that uh, Gabriel came to uh, Zacharias and, and told him about John the Baptist, his son that would be born and the importance of his role. It was Gabriel that came to Mary. Remember the Virgin Mary? 
came to her and said uh, in Luke 1.26, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel Gabriel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you and blessed are you among women. And then he goes on to give her the understanding that, that the Holy Spirit is conceived within her. Uh, the Son of God, Jesus, His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us, for He's come to save the world. So we've got the messenger angel, Gabriel. There's another of the three uh, archangels we see, and that would be Michael. And if you study what the Scripture says about Michael, we get the revelation that he was a warring angel. Uh, in Daniel chapter 10, it was Michael that comes alongside and wrestles with the prince of Persia that was trying to hinder Daniel's prayers from being answered hinder the people of God from advancing. It was Michael that came in and did warring in the spirit realm with those demons and uh, prince of the air that was fighting and holding them back. It, Michael's called many times throughout the Old Testament. You'll see where Michael intervened and came in and defended the nation of Israel. And there was just a supernatural victory or a battle that could not possibly have been won was won. Whether it was with Gideon and his 300 men or even in the six days war or some of the things most recent in our history, we see the warring angel Michael uh, and his, uh, uh, you might would say, uh, angels that go with him are trained in that. In the book of Revelation, it tells us about Michael going and fighting against this dragon. So it was in, as we looked at verse uh, 7 and 8 of Revelation 12, where that war broke out in heaven. And Michael was the one and his angels. So it's like Michael had a third of the angels and Gabriel has a third of the angels and Lucifer had a third of the angels. It's what it seems like. And uh, we see that he's the one that stood up and he is the warring angel. So then there's that third one, Lucifer, and we've all heard about him, right? We've all made best friends with him at one time or another in our life. God forgive us, okay? Uh, and his name in Hebrew means the light bearer or the reflector of light. And he was sent <clears throat> not as a source of light, but he was created by God to be the reflector of light. Now remember, this is God's plan. Now God's plan is a good plan, Amen. If this is what God wants, I think we should all want that. So here he is, the one that reflects the light and carries the light, the light that comes from another source, and we know that God is the source of all light, so he is a reflector of the glory of God. And his description is given to us <clears throat> in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12, 13, 14, uh, and kind of gives us an understanding of what took place here. If you would go to verse 12 of Ezekiel 28, it says, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. There was the sardis and the topaz and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise and the emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared, was prepared for you on the day you were created. You are the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You are on the holy mountain of God and you walk back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You are perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Wow. We see here that God created this, this, uh, archa this archangel, this uh, Lucifer. Uh, and He tells us that 
in him, when God created him, he put these precious stones in him. And he names those 12 stones. And, and these, he also says he also created him with musical instruments in him. He speaks of the noise of the vials or the violins or the stringed instruments that, that were in him. And speaks of the noise of the tabarets or the percussion instruments, the drums. And speaks of the noise of the pipes that were found in his body, the wind instruments. So here he was created, the cherub, he was created an archangel, he was created with a third of the angels of heaven, you might would say, he's the praise and worship leader, and the third of the angels is his praise and worship team and his, his choir, you might would say. And he's this magnificent, beautiful creature who had all the stringed instruments in him, the guitar, the violin, the piano. He had the percussion instruments in him with the drums and, and the cymbals, and he had the wind instruments in him with the trumpet and the saxophone and the organ. All of this that God created, remember. God, not man, not an angel. This is God's plan. And when he would stand before God, and God who is light, he would reflect the glory of God. Isaiah said it this way, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Now that, that word train there represents His glory. His glory filled the temple. Anytime the glory of God shows up in Scripture, it lit people up. It lit the place up. We get this from Moses, if you'll remember when God was passing by and Moses says, man, if I see His glory in full measure, it'll kill me. So he hides himself and, and God passes by. And <clears throat> you might would say he got the afterglow. He didn't get the full glow, but he got the afterglow. And just the afterglow lit his face up so much so that the people were afraid of him, that he had to put a veil over his head because of the glow that was so uh, 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 bright and shining. Today, if we're not careful, we want more show than we want glow. If we're not careful, we want to absorb rather than reflect. If we're not careful, we want it to be about us and not about God. That is when iniquity came into Lucifer and Lucifer was cast out of heaven. I'm here to tell you today, we've got to be careful because uh, we, as we study the Scripture, we don't want to repeat history. We want to learn from history. So watch this. Here's Lucifer and these musical instruments uh, within him and these 12 stones within him. And he would be in the presence of God. And when he was in the presence of God, God gives us a reflection. We hear what was happening. There was the angels crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And, and, and notice the, that the Ark of the Covenant, uh, there it had uh, angels, uh, two cherub there. One was on one side and one was on the other. And they're crying, holy, holy, answering one to another. One would say holy, the other one would say holy. The other one would say holy, he's holy. Oh, he's holy. And there, as you see them looking down at a spot right in between them, the Bible says, God says, it's right there in the midst of that praise that that is my mercy seat. That is where I will seat myself uh, in the midst of that. That's why in Psalms it says that God inhabits the praises of His people. That word inhabits in Hebrew is Yashab. Means he moves in to be seated. He moves in in covenant power. He moves in in covenant provision. He moves in with his glory, with his with everything that he has. He moves in to bring it into our very presence. He is so moved by worship, so moved that he actually moves 
in to show himself strong where there is worship. I tell you today, we've got to be careful and not allow the church to become just a showcase or a Christian version of American Idol. We've got to be careful to say church is not just some guy that's talking to us and we're trying to stay awake until he finishes or it's a pep talk and a concert mixed together or it's some religious organization preserving religious traditions and customs. We've got to see what God has truly set the church up as and we must understand that. See, the church is supposed to be the ecclesia. That's the Greek word he uses, the ecclesia. It's the called ones, called together, called out that we might live for the glory of God, that we might reflect the glory of God, that we might come together and worship Him and, and receive our instruction from Him to advance His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we must understand that this glory of God comes when we say it's not about me, it's about Him. And we start declaring He's holy, He's worthy, He deserves the honor, He deserves the praise, amen? And, 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 and that's when we start seeing real worship take place. See, that's when the pastor or the pulpit will say, yes, he's holy, and you get it, and you come back and say, you're right, he's holy. And we say, yes, he's worthy, and you speak back, yes, he's worthy. And we speak back to receive all the glory, and you speak back, yes, he deserves all the glory. And I say, and all the honor, yes, all the honor. See, it's that communication of our hearts coming together and saying like these two cherubs are saying, yes, he is worthy. We're here about him. It's not about us, it's about him and there God says I find a seat yes I'll move in yes Yashop I'll inhabit the praises of my people and there he will be in the middle of us that's what I want here at Christian Embassy I don't want this to be about Tim Lambert and I don't want it to be about you and I don't want it to be about a program I want it to be about the glory of God that we are here to worship him to lift him up to magnify him and describe what is rightfully his unto him one another hallelujah in Jesus' name. See, worship is not just the praise team singing. And worship is not just the pulpit preaching. Worship is when the pulpit cries holy and the congregation cries back holy. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. So Lucifer, in that atmosphere before the fall with the waves of worship taking a place and all of the angels decrying, holy, 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 ushering in God's presence and God would step into the throne room and Lucifer, uh, the heaven's worship leader, he lights up because of the 12 stones that God had created in him. And the music's playing. There's the stringed instruments and there's the percussion instruments. Uh, and there they are. All of this is taking place and God is being glorified and the lights are just reflecting off of the stones and there's a kaleidoscope of, of just glory to God there in that place. And, and God says that breastplate that He put on Lucifer, that the sardis and the topaz and the diamond and the beryl and the onyx and the jasper and the sapphire and the turquoise and the emerald, they're all reflecting this beautiful, beautiful kaleidoscope of light, you might would say. Wow. Here's Lucifer, the light bearer, the worship leader in heaven, reflecting not himself, but reflecting the glory of God. And then a day came, and he says, I don't want to worship you anymore. I don't want this to be about you anymore, God. I want it to be about me. 
I want it to be about what I think, what I like, what I feel. I want the focus on me. I want to be worshipped. I want the glory. I want the praise. I want the adulation. I want the attention. I want it to be all about me. Oh, we better learn from history, church. We better learn from history, church. That because the moment he did that, the Bible says war broke out. And Michael was given charge to take his third of the angels and the power of God. Lucifer was, and those angels were cast out of heaven. Cast down. Let me tell you what pride puffs up, but God will make sure that pride will have a, a horrible destruction. It will have a horrible fall. See, God exalts those who humble themselves, but the hand of God is against those who exalt themselves. We better learn. We better learn from history. This is not, worship is not about me. Worship is not about what I want. Worship is not about how I feel. Worship is not about how I think it should be. Worship should be all about, I'm here to honor you, God. I'm here to thank you for the breath that is in my lungs. I'm here to thank you, God, that I can lift up my hands. I want to thank you, God, that I can see through my eyes. I want to thank you, God, you're the creator. You're the life giver. You are my source of everything. Hallelujah. Because the moment it became about him, he's cast down. And now heaven is without a worship leader. Can you imagine? The worship leader and the whole choir, third of the angels, is gone. And I know Satan, even though he lost his place there, he was probably rejoicing. Oh, I shut down worship in heaven. But there came a day, and I'm telling you, when God is involved, he always wins. He always wins. There came a day that upset Satan, I am sure, messed him up real bad. It was a day that Moses was in the tabernacle and he hears a word from God. And God said to uh, Moses, he said, I want you to make for me a breastplate. And I want you to place three rows by four of twelve stones, sardis, topaz, and diamond, and beryl, and onyx, and jack. Have you heard those? Yeah, sapphire, and turquoise, and emerald. Have you heard those? He said, and I want you to put this breastplate on the high priest. And, and I'm going to put this one on the one I'm anointing and ordaining as a human worshiper. That's going to represent all human worshipers. Now, 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 when Lucifer sees this earth worshiper on the Day of Atonement, can you imagine taking the blood of the Lamb and there he is going into the Holy of Holies. He's saying, I'm not worthy to worship in the flesh, but because of the blood that was shed of an innocent Lamb, I'm going to go in, I'm going to walk through the veil, I'm going to lift up holy hands, and I'm going to present all 12 uh, of the tribes of Israel, the family, I'm going to worship for my whole family, and I'm going to say, God, will you show Shine your glory on my family. And he would go in, and let me tell you what, there would be the kaleidoscope of the reflection of the glory of God. They called it a Shekinah that was just so amazing that it would blind the people. But there was an earth worshiper being raised up to raise up the families of God to worship Him. So now when you worship, you worship for your family. You worship for your community. You worship for your nation. You worship for mankind. What happens here when the ecclesia gets together is so much bigger, so much more powerful than we could ever imagine. We cannot lose focus because every one of those 12 stones represented every one of the 12 tribes which represented the family of God. And Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says that we've now been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and because we've been redeemed 
redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He's removed the curse off of us by becoming a curse for us. For cursed is He who hangs on the tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon even the Gentiles. That you and I are part of that family now. That you and I are counted on and held up by God. He says Satan thought he was shut and worshipped down. But I just took it and I put it on the earth worshippers. The royal priesthood who would rise up and worship me in spirit and in truth. And it's almost like God says, I'll punch you in the nose, devil. And give you a black eye, devil, just so you can remember. In Revelation 21, he says, now I'm going to lay for the 12 foundations of heaven. They're going to be made out of these exact stones. And it's almost like God had stripped these off of Lucifer and put them on the earth worshipers. And like trophies, he says, so that everybody will always remember throughout eternity, he puts there these 12 stones in the foundation for it says the construction of its walls was of jasper and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third and the fourth. You just see them, the fifth and the sixth. And go on to verse 22 and 21. And sardis and, and chrysolite and beryl and, and topaz. And, and he goes on uh, to, uh, to amethyst. He's got all 12 of them represented there in the foundation of this new Jerusalem, this heaven uh, that he's uh, creating for us. I would appeal to contemporary folks, if I was the devil, to say, wait a minute, we've got to get this thing broken up. I, I cannot allow these people to worship God. So I would, if I was the devil, I would I'd be very strategic. I would say, wait a minute, devil, I'm not going to let the Lord win on this. Or if he wins, I'm going to take down as many as I can, just like I took a third of the angels out of heaven. And if I would appeal to the contemporary folks that we got to, uh, uh, if this anything got any feel to it of tradition, then I'm not going to be a part of it. And I would appeal to the traditional folks that if this thing has any feel of being contemporary, I wouldn't enter in. And I'd appeal to the human nature of, of mankind and say to the slow folks, <clears throat> this is too fast. And for the fast folks, it's too slow. And I'd say to the cold folks, it's too hot or, or it's too cold or too hot. And the hot folks, it's too cold. I would do everything I could to distract people from worshiping God. This is too loud. It's too low. It's too quiet. It's too slow. I would try to get you so picky in worship that if it wasn't your song or if it wasn't your beat or if it wasn't your style, you'd just sit there and let the time pass you by. But if we could get the revelation of what's going on here, it ain't about us. The moment it becomes about us, we've joined ranks with Lucifer. But it's about the one who is worthy of all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. And we've say I don't care it may be a little too fast for my flesh but my flesh is going to keep up or it may be a little too slow for my liking but you know what I'm just going to soar in this and just ascribe glory and honor to God that we're not going to let the devil trick us we're not going to let the devil distract us we're not going to let the devil get us off course just like he got a third of the angels off course we're not going to fall but we're going to the next level in the glory of God and the devil fights this church he fights this because He's the one that was replaced. When we begin to glorify Jesus, when we truly begin to worship Him in spirit and truth, Satan is angry. He does not like that because we took His job. But let me tell you what the Bible says. Jesus came for that which was lost. Now I know some say, well, Jesus came to save. Yes, but He also came to seek and save that which was lost. And one of the things that was lost was worship. The lead of worship. That was lost out of heaven. 
So I believe Jesus came because it was lost in heaven. He came and He redeemed it here on earth. So when we get redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, come on now, and you begin to worship God with your life, standing before Him and praising Him, praising Him with the song and praising Him with the trumpet and praising Him with the harp and praising Him with the lyre and praising Him with the tambourine and praising Him with the dance and praising Him with strings and praising Him with the flute and praising Him with the clashing of cymbals and the resounding cymbals. When you do that, you replace Lucifer in worship. And I believe that's why God says, let everything that hath prayer praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Do you remember the man of Gadara, the crazy man? I don't mean your uncle. I'm talking about Gadara. He was a man in Gadara. He was crazy. He was demon-possessed, a legion of demons. So much so he could not remain in the community. He's chained and he breaks the chains. He's living in the tombs. He's living there uh, by himself. Just kind of just crazy. Luke 8 tells us about this story. But the Bible says when the demons heard the footprints of Jesus in the sand... Here Jesus gets out of the boat and just puts His feet on the sand there at Gadara. The Bible says that the demon-possessed man fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped Him. How do you think those demons knew how to do that? Those are the same angels that were in the praise and worship team in heaven. They knew what it was to worship Him. They knew they had made a big, big mistake. They knew it, and they worshiped Him. I believe God would say to us today, even demons worship me. What's your problem? What's your problem? What are you looking at? What are you holding back? Why are you holding back? If 5,000 red-eyed demons, uh, you might say, we know how to get into the presence of Jesus and there to bow down and to worship Him, it looks like the redeemed of the Lord would know how to do that even better. Come on now. See, God has made it so easy for us. Man, we've got the communion elements prepared for you this morning to remind us of how how Jesus came and made it easy for us. The veil, that two foot thick veil that was hanging between the holy place and the holy of holies, and they can only go in one time a year, the high priest with the twelve stones on him, representing his family to worship before the throne with the blood of the Lamb. And when Jesus, the Lamb of God, was hanging on the cross, The Bible says when He said it is finished, the veil was rent in twain from the top to the bottom and God opened up the Holy of Holies uh, and He says now we can come boldly before the throne of God. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. We can enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Uh, We can come and worship Him. Hallelujah. Jesus has made it so easy. So it's not our good works. It's not how much money we give. It's not saying our mantras. It's, it's, it's none of that. All we need is one name. One name. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Jesus. Our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. So we need one name and we need one position. And that position is to be a worshiper. We need to let that be our life. Goal. That should be our vision. That should be our mission. Some people say, oh, I want to build a huge company. Let me tell you what. If let that company be built up number subject to being under the mission that it will bring praise and glory to God. Well, I want to do this. Well, whatever it is you want to do in life, make sure it's subject to and it's undergirding and it's lifting up uh, the, to worship God that He receives the glory, that He receives the honor, that He receives the praise. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Because when we get to heaven, we're going to sing the song of the Lamb. We're going to sing the song of Moses. We're going to sing the song of the redeemed. We're going to glorify and magnify Jesus. We already see that's what's taking place in heaven. And I don't think we need to wait till we get to heaven to learn how to worship Him. Come on now. So if you will ever make a decision to become a worshiper of God, let me just encourage you with this. There is never a storm that will overtake you. There is never a trial that will break you. You can worship your way through grief. You can worship your way out of depression. You can worship through the darkest hours of your life and you can worship your way through sickness to health and you can worship yourself free, worship yourself free of any bondage the enemy has ever put on you. He says in Psalms 150, praise the Lord. I'm telling you with exclamation point, I say God's Word declares and tells us we need to learn how to praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. We're in the sanctuary, the ecclesia, of the call together, a covering of God right now. This is the place we need to praise Him. We don't need to be shy in this place. When the pulpit says He's holy, you say He's holy. When the pulpit says He's worthy, you say He's worthy. When the pulpit says glory to God, you say glory to God, and you don't even have to wait. You can start leading and say glory, hallelujah, blessings and honor and power and peace be unto our God. Hallelujah. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. He said when you leave out of here and you're under the mighty firmament, meaning if you're in the parking lot, you can praise Him. Meaning if you're in the marketplace, you can praise Him. Meaning if you're out at the business, you can praise Him. If you're in your home, you can praise Him. You're in your neighborhood, you can praise Him. Anywhere you go, you can bring the praise of the praise of God into that place. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. This is all what He had put in Lucifer in heaven. These are the same instruments. He's naming them. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with the loud cymbals. Praise Him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything, let everything that hath breath, that means the very sound that comes out of our lungs, uh, is also a wind instrument of praise unto Him. Let everything that at breath praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah praise the Lord so I ask you this morning can we make up our mind can we make up our mind today that Satan is not going to win this war over worship in our lives if I got anything to do with it and if there's breath in my lungs mm, Satan is not distracting me He's not trying to get me from the throne of God like he got the third of the angels and turned them into demons. The moment he gets me distracted and I stop worshiping the Lord, then I open myself up for demons so that these demons can keep me in a spirit of pride where it's all about me. Oh, can we make up our minds today that our God is worthy? What can I say that you would see how worthy he is? What can, how hard can I preach so your eyes would be open to see that your God and our God, He's worthy to receive all the honor. He's worthy to receive all the glory. He's worthy to receive all the praise. Come on, church. Because what Lucifer lost, Jesus came and found and He put it on us, earth worshipers. And He said, what I set out, that the uh, archangels, uh, Lucifer, and a third of the angels would take care of, he said they failed at their job. Pride came in. 
It became all about them. And it's not to be all about them. God said it's got to be all about God. It's got to be all about God. He says, so Moses, I want you to put, get, this, get the artisans. And it says he pulled together those that were full of the spirit of wisdom. And they put together that breastplate. And now this breastplate, the high priest would wear and would go in and represent all of the families of God before the throne of God. There at the mercy seat where the angels are saying, holy, holy, holy. And there in the presence of that was the mercy seat where God would seat Himself to show Himself as a covenant God and a provision God. Now He's opened all of that up for us. That veil's been opened up that we can come before the mercy seat of God right now. And every time that we come, let us bear the 12 songs. Let us carry as a royal priesthood that He's called each and every one of us to be a worshiper. And that means the stones is not literal stones. It means that you are there to reflect the glory of God. You're there. You're not there to share your, talk about your glory and about you, how good you are. You're there to talk about the goodness of God, the glory of God, the beauty of God, the reflection of His splendor, the, re- the reflection of His beauty. I'm telling you, we can do this, church. We can do this. And as you live your life as a worshiper before Him, singing unto Him and letting the instruments play to lift Him up and to glorify Him and worship Him, let me tell you what, the presence of God will begin to sh- illuminate and shine like you've never seen before and where the presence of God the the Yashab where he moves in he inhabits the praises of his people that word uh, Yashab I told you earlier is a covenant God meaning I bring with you every promise that I said I would do I'm going to do it and everything that I said wouldn't happen is going to stop and everything I said would happen is going to start and whatever the need is I'm going to meet it and I'm going to lift there's the glory and the lifter of our head that's who he is he redeems us and he says if you just worship me I'll take care of everything else. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. I'll take care of everything else. Hallelujah. Oh, that we would be freed to be worshipers of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you there's preachers like this going around the world today preaching the same message today because I know what the Spirit of God is doing. See, God is raising up worshipers. God's not a loser. He's not going to lose. I don't know how many millions or billions of angels fell with Lucifer. I don't know the number. I know there's twice as many forces that are against us. Hallelujah. And we've got the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So what else do we need? Amen. So, so the good news is this. God is not going to lose. And what Satan thought he was going to shut down, God says, I'm raising up. He's wanting you and you and you. Listen, He wants you and you and me. He wants us to be that royal priesthood today. He wants us to take on those 12 stones today. He wants us to be the instruments. He wants us to be the strings. He wants us to be the percussions. He wants us with breath in our lungs to praise Him because of this. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, he says, for the earth will be filled it will be filled. I'm telling you, we're part of that prophetic word coming to pass right now. It will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. He says the glory of God, what Satan thought he was shutting down, God said, now with earth worshipers, I'm going to get my glory reflecting over this whole continent, this whole earth, this whole globe at one time. He said it's coming. That day it will be filled. The glory of the Lord is going to cover this earth as the 
waters cover the sea. Every area is going to be covered. Every area is going to be touched by the glory of God because there's going to be men and women like you and me who are going to rise up and say, it's not about me. It's about Him. It's not about what I want. It's about what He wants. And I'm here to live my life to ascribe glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to my God. Hallelujah. And if that be you, I wish you would stand with me right now and say, God, count on me. Count on, count on me, God. Right now, I'm going to surrender my will. I'm going to surrender my way. I'm going to surrender my what I wanted to do. And Lord God, I'm going to pick up today those 12 songs. I'm going to pick up what you want done. I'm going to pick up today, Lord God, how you want it to carry it out. And I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to lift my countenance and I'm going to lift up my family and I'm going to lift up my circumstance and I'm going to lift up my situation before you and say, God, all of this is good, but you are great and I'm worshiping you. I'm praising you. I'm giving glory to you. I'm ascribing honor to you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And open your mouth and say, glory, 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 hallelujah. Say, He is holy. Come on, describe, He is holy. God, I worship You. I magnify You. I give You the praise. Yes, God, You are worthy. Hallelujah. You are a good God. You're a healing God. You're a deliverance God. You're a God that brings provision. You're a God that brings peace. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Count on me, God. Count on me, God. Here am I, Lord God. I want to live my life for You. Oh, Father, as we stand in Your presence, Lord, we also ask You to forgive us now. Forgive us, Lord, for the sin of pride. Lord, when we read of what Lucifer has done and the third of the angels that were influenced by him, Lord, it breaks our heart. You're such a good God and You put them in a perfect environment. And they chose to turn on you. Lord God, before we cast stones and say how horrible that is, we know, Lord, we're guilty. Lord, there's times we put our wish up before yours, our will up before yours, our desire before yours. Lord, we know there's been many times we got caught up in this. It's all about me. And that is signified by us getting our feelings hurt getting offended, taking up offense, having unforgiveness. Lord, this is all signs to us. The litmus test that we've made it about us and not about you. Jesus, when you said that we're to bless those who curse you and turn to them the cheek, the, the one who, who, who hits you, Lord, we couldn't understand that when it was all about us. But when we now know when it's all about you and we do it your way and we praise you in the midst of it, you're going to send a Michael in. You're going to send warring angels. You're going to vindicate us. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. You'll take care of the situation better than if we were to fight it in our own strength. So, Lord God, we surrender. Say, God, forgive us for the sin of pride where it's been about me, what I like over what you like, what I think over what you think what I desire over what you desire. Forgive us, God. Take us back now, Lord, and show us how good you've been. 
Lord, it's so easy we forget. I don't know why, but it's just easy we forget about your hand of mercy that's reached out to us and helped us when we cried out to you. And many of those times we cried out to you and we made a promise. Oh God, if you'll get me through this. Oh God, if you'll help me here, I'll do this or that. And we failed. Forgive us, God. Help us today to humble ourselves, Lord, before your presence, to humble ourselves before you, God, so that your hand is exalting us rather than against us. We bow our hearts, we bow our heads, we posture ourselves before you, God. We say, help me, Lord, help me to see. Take the blinders off of my eyes that I can see how good you are. And not only to see how good you are, I can begin to worship you. Worship you with every instrument that I have ability. Starting first with the breath that comes out of my lungs. And letting the light of your glory reflect off of me rather than me absorbing it. And I begin to see how good you are. You're a good God. God, I thank you that at 17 I was a mixed up boy. I was a hurt boy. I was so out of it, Lord. I I didn't know. I didn't know how I could get out of it. got so self-centered and self-focused I listened to the enemy take your own life Lord I remember that night as it were just this very moment how you reached in and you saved me Lord I was confused and I was I was out of it and and I was headed down to hell but you saved me Lord your right hand lifted me up God and I don't want to ever lose focus of that And everyone here has had a right-hand experience, God, where you've lifted us up, you've saved us, you've lifted us up out of the dregs of sin and the bondages of Satan and the disgrace that the enemy brought upon us, Lord. Oh, that we would never forget your right hand, that we'd never forget your strength, that we'd never forget your benevolence and your goodness, Lord, and that we would lift up today, God, our voices and our hearts and our lives and say, for me to live, I'm going to be a worshiper. Lord God, you wanted worshipers on this earth. You wanted worshipers to replace what you wanted in heaven. You're going to give it to us in earth. And now you count on us, God. Christian Embassy, we sign ourselves up, Lord God, that we can be an ecclesia, a church that is built up by Jesus Christ that comes against the gates of hell. We're not going along with the gates of hell. We're going to come against the gates of hell. So if hell doesn't want worship to God, we're going to bring worship to God. And we're going to lift you up higher. And we're going to magnify you. And we're going to ascribe glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to you because you're a good God. You're an awesome God and you're worthy of it. So right now we declare your Lordship over our lives. If you're going to be a true worshiper, church, you've got to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You've got to surrender to Him. You've got to say, not my will, but your will. I'm not in charge. You're in charge. And He won't take that from you. You have to give it to Him. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Will you call upon him right now? Jesus, 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 I've been doing it all wrong. Jesus, I've been walking down the wrong path. Jesus, I've been thinking the wrong thoughts. I surrender my life to you now. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Lord. I want to yield to you. I want to live for you from this day forward. I give you my life. Would you tell him that now? From this moment on, I give my life to you, Jesus. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. I am yours. You are mine. 
I know my role. My role is to reflect the reflection of your glory. My goal is to give you the worship, ascribe honor and praise and thanksgiving to you and live my life for you. I understand my role. Earth worshiper, that which was lost, he's now been found. And I, you count on me, Lord. I want you to be lifted up. I want to be a part of your glory covering the earth like the waters cover the sea. Here am I, Jesus, Jesus. I give my life to you. Fill me with your spirit. Just ask him, fill me with your spirit, Father. Fill me with the spirit of wisdom. Fill me with your spirit of power. Fill me with your spirit of anointing. Just fill me with your spirit. I receive you, Holy Spirit. I receive you. I'm yielded. I'm yielded. I'm a, I'm a vessel yielded to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In this time of worship, you and God, we're going to have our ushers come and make ready the elements of the Lord's Supper which is the signed, sealed, and delivered elements that God chose of His covenant that we're making here right now. A covenant to be His worshipers. A covenant to be His sons and His daughters. A covenant to be a part of the family of God. Hallelujah. They'll be standing at the head of each of these aisles. We're going to ask you if you would exit out of the left side and come up that aisle they'll be right there in the middle of that aisle and then take the elements back to your seat and hold on until we can all take together we worship you lord we worship you lord yes if each usher could stand right in the center of the aisle center of the aisle that'd be perfect and you guys if you come on out to the left side of the seat left side of your aisle thank you brother Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise up worshipers out of this house. Lord God, I pray you would see worshipers rising up, speaking up like never before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
what we have here in our hands with this bread and this blood of the grapes, the fruit of the vine, is a small part of what we're doing today so that we can participate in something so much larger than us. It came to my mind, I believe by the Spirit, that let's say there's a mansion that, 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 that you want to live in. And they say, if you will put down $10,000 and live in this thing, then it's, there's backing that'll come in and do what you can't do for you to live here and to make this happen. Maybe like in your home, you put down a small deposit and now you're just paying a mortgage over the years, but you're enjoying the whole house before it's fully paid for. You're enjoying everything. Jesus says, I've come to pay everything, but I want you to participate by faith. And I want you to have faith in what I've done for you. So that's your, your part. That's what you're putting in, is you're operating in faith. He said, so I'm gonna give you some earthly things to remind you of the spiritual and the, and the soulish and the physical blessings you have to live in. So I'm giving you bread, and he broke bread on the night that he was betrayed, and he said, this represents my body. My body was broken for you that you could come up out of brokenness and be made whole. So you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to be whole. You can be whole now through what I'm giving to you. By faith, you can appropriate that. And the blood of the grape represents my blood that was shed for you because the enemy's going to surely tell you you're not good enough. And he's going to remind you of when you sinned, when you messed up. But he says, I said through the prophet that though your sin be as scarlet, it will be white as snow. Though it be red as crimson, it'll be pure as wool. He says, when my blood comes, it cleanses. It doesn't cover. It cleanses. It removes. It casts your sin into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up to you again. So Jesus says, you've got to know this. You can't forget what I'm doing for you so that you will rise up in faith and you will enter in and you will be the earth worshipers. Because people who don't know their sins have been redeemed won't worship God. They feel unholy. They feel unworthy. People who are still feel they're broken, they feel like they can't approach God. They're not good enough. But Jesus says, I'm making you good enough. I need some earth worshipers. I believe he was saying, I'm here to bring back to my father what Satan cast down. I'm here to bring worshipers back to my father that will lift him up. And I lift up what we're doing and what we've done for you. So I'm paying the sin debt. I'm paying it all for you. That if you're in me and under my lordship, it's yours. It's yours. So you're freed to worship him. Amen. So as Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks, and he took the cup and he gave thanks, he said, take, eat, and drink, and do in remembrance of me. Father, we just took the meal of the covenant to be reminded that we're in the covenant to be reminded that we're a royal priesthood to be reminded that the 12 stones are now on us that we would reflect your glory here on earth as it is in heaven <clears throat> to be reminded that the instruments are now in us that even with our very breath that we can reflect your glory here on earth as it is in heaven 
So Lord God, we open our mouths to praise you. We open our mouths to ascribe glory and honor to you. This week as we go forward, we will, it will not be about us, it will be about you. Lord God, we're not going to be praised, we're going to praise. Lord God, we're not going to be served, we're going to serve in Jesus' name. We're not going to take, we're going to give. Hallelujah. Lord God, we're going to be your representatives this week. Here on earth as it is in heaven. You, that was the prayer you taught us to pray. Let it be a reality in and through our lives this week. Now God, for each and every person who has come on this first fruit Sunday of this first fruit a day of the month. And, and Lord God, let the double blessings of your favor go with them. Let the double blessings of your anointing go with them. Let the double blessings of your provision go with them. Open doors that no man could open and shut doors that no man can, can close. Lord God, just open and shut for them right now what they need. We pray your blessings upon them and their families and their children's children and their children's children's children. Lord God, blessings, Lord, we pray as we go in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God the praise. Hallelujah.